0: YOU'RE LISTENING TO A MESSAGE FROM PASTOR JACK HOLT AT THE RIVER. HALLELUJAH. I WANT TO MINISTER TO YOU TODAY ON PRESSING IN IN THE MIDST OF THE BATTLE. AND WHEN I TALK ABOUT PRESSING IN, I WANT YOU TO KEEP THIS IN MIND, THAT IF WE DON'T KNOW, IF WE, ONCE YOU BELIEVE GOD FOR SOMETHING, THERE'S A PROCESS IN THE BATTLE WHERE YOU HAVE TO PRESS IN. AND IF YOU PRESS IN DURING THAT TIME OF THE BATTLE, THE WORDS THAT COME OUT OF YOUR MOUTH THAT ARE OF FAITH, become miracles in your mouth and you begin to see things change in your life but you got to know how to push through the bad times you got to know how to press through the fear press through the doubt press through the oppression and all the stuff that comes at you to be able to receive this so say it with me i'm gonna press through because god's got something better for me amen NOW, I WANT TO TAKE FROM THE STORY OF THE WOMAN WITH THE BLOOD ISSUE IN in MARK'S GOSPEL, CHAPTER 5. THIS IS FOUND IN THE SYNOPTIC GOSPELS, ALL THREE. SO THE STORY IS REALLY EXPANDED IN LUKE'S GOSPEL. HE WAS, BY THE WAY, A DOCTOR, AND SO HE TALKS ABOUT A LITTLE BIT DIFFERENT. BUT THEY ALL SAY THE SAME STORY. JESUS WENT WITH HIM, AND MUCH PEOPLE FOLLOWED HIM AND THRONGED HIM. AND A CERTAIN WOMAN, WHICH HAD AN ISSUE OF BLOOD 12 YEARS, AND HAD SUFFERED MANY THINGS OF MANY PHYSICIANS, AND HAD SPENT ALL THAT SHE HAD, AND WAS NOTHING BETTER, BUT RATHER GREW WORSE, WHEN SHE HEARD OF JESUS, CAME in, PRESSED BEHIND, MAKE A NOTE OF THAT, SAY IT WITH ME, Pressed BEHIND, AND TOUCHED HIS GARMENT. FOR SHE SAID THAT IF I MAY TOUCH BUT HIS CLOTHES, I SHALL BE WHOLE. And straightway in the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of this plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him again in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto her, thou seest the multitude thronging thee and saith, thou who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. BUT THE WOMAN, FEARING AND TREMBLING, KNOWING WHAT WAS DONE IN HER, CAME AND FELL DOWN BEFORE HIM AND TOLD HIM ALL THE TRUTH. AND HE SAID UNTO HER DAUGHTER, THY FAITH HAS MADE made thee WHOLE GO IN PEACE AND BE WHOLE OF THY PLAGUE. THERE'S SEVERAL THINGS IN HERE I WANT YOU TO SEE. NUMBER ONE, THEY DESCRIBE THIS PARTICULAR INFIRMITY AS A PLAGUE. IN THE NEW KING JAMES VERSION OR THE New American Standard, they don't mention it as a plague, they mention it more as a disease. But how many know there's a difference between a disease and a plague? A plague is infectious. A plague is contagious. A plague is something that you can pass on to other people without their knowing. And that's what the writer decided to use in the King James Version to describe the condition of this woman, which really is a lot what we're going through today. Here's a woman that was in quarantine. In the book of Leviticus 25, it tells us that if you had this particular infirmity in your life, you were considered unclean. Wherever you sat was unclean, which means a woman in this condition could not fellowship in large groups. SHE COULD NOT BE WITH A LOT OF PEOPLE. SHE COULDN'T GO TO A CONCERT. SHE COULDN'T GO TO CHURCH. SHE COULDN'T GO SHOPPING WITH HER MOTHER-IN-LAW OR WHATEVER. SHE COULDN'T DO THAT. SHE HAD TO BE ISOLATED FROM EVERYBODY AROUND HER IF SHE HAD THIS PARTICULAR CONDITION. AND THIS WOMAN HAD THIS CONDITION FOR 12 YEARS. SAY 12 YEARS. THAT'S A LONG TIME, ISN'T IT? BUT WHAT I WANT YOU TO SEE IS THAT SHE WENT TO THE DOCTORS, DID EVERYTHING SHE COULD IN THE NATURAL, BUT IT DIDN'T WORK. HOW MANY KNOW THAT SOMETIMES NATURAL DOESN'T HAVE WHAT IT TAKES TO GIVE YOU THE DELIVERANCE? SOMETIMES YOU GOT A PROBLEM THAT NEEDS A DIVINE TOUCH TO MAKE IT WORK. BUT SHE HAD TRIED EVERYTHING SHE HAD and, AND IT WOULDN'T WORK. AND THE BIBLE SAID THAT SHE ACTUALLY GREW WORSE. AND I LIKE IT IN LUKE'S ACCOUNT BECAUSE HE'S A DOCTOR. HE SAYS THAT THE DOCTORS COULDN'T HELP HER. NOW, HE'S A DOCTOR, BUT THE REALITY WAS SHE GOT WORSE AND WORSE AND WORSE. AND WORSE, AND WORSE, AND LONELY, AND FATIGUED, BUT THEN SHE SHOWED UP AT THE RIVER, PRAISE GOD, HEARD THE MESSAGE OF FAITH, AND SAID, IF I JUST TOUCH THE HEM OF JESUS' GARMENT, I WILL BE MADE WHOLE. SAY AMEN, EVERYBODY. AND SHE RELEASED HER FAITH, AND SHE PRESSED INTO THE CROWD. NOW, HERE'S THE THING THAT'S INTERESTING. IN THE KING JAMES VERSION, IT SAYS THAT SHE PRESSED. In the other translations, most of them say she came up from behind Jesus. Now, you don't come up from behind someone unless you're following them. I want you to hear this. We're followers of Jesus, aren't we? If you're going to get results with Jesus, you not only got to follow him, but every so often, you need a touch from him. Every so often you need him to illuminate something that you're believing God for. Every so often you gotta pray, you gotta press in until the scriptures become alive in your heart. You gotta press in till the anointing bears witness in your heart that it's true. You gotta press in till your vision becomes saturated with the Holy Ghost and promise. You gotta press in till you hear a word from heaven. You gotta press in till God speaks to you. That's like last night. I'm sleeping and the Lord starts speaking to me. And He says, if you believe, you you will. He says, if you believe, you will see it. If you don't believe, you won't see it. And he kept saying, if you believe, you will see it. And it's a word from God. Every so often you gotta press in until God takes that word and makes it a lie. Takes that word and causes you to rise up inside. Takes that word and causes you to be bold. Takes that word and rise. But you gotta (laughs) press in. Say it with me. I gotta press in. You know, press in, you're gonna miss out on the blessing that God has for you. And here's something about pressing in. When you press in, you can't be polite and nice. If that woman would have been polite and nice that day and said, oh, by the way, could I get by? The Bible said that Jesus was thronged with a crowd. They were suffocating him. There were so many people, there's no way he could have got, she could have got to him if she would have been nice and not bold-headed and not determined, and in many cases, rude. God wants you to say to yourself right now, I don't care what it's gonna take. I'm gonna press through this. I'm gonna get through this. People might think I'm too bold. People might think I'm too rowdy, but I'm gonna press in till I get the miracle that God has for me and my family because God has something good that he wants to give to me in life. You gotta press in. I said, press in. When you press in, you gotta push your way into it. You gotta fight the resistance of doubt, fight the mountains, fight the boundaries, fight the fences, fight everything that tries to stop you from believing God, that tries to stop you from giving up, You don't give up. Now listen, I I preached to a great church because you were there. You fought. You stood in faith. And listen, I want you to hear this. Because you followed God, even when other people were not following God, you've already seen miracles in your life. You've already seen God touch you. And what God did once, he'll do twice. And what God does twice, he'll do three times. And what God does three times, he'll do four times in your life. Just remember what Jesus said. Jesus said, with man it is impossible, with God all things are possible. It may be impossible for you to get your breakthrough in the natural, but with God it's possible. It may be impossible for you through medical science to get a cure, but it's still possible with God. And God wanted you to know now that whatever he started with you in the beginning, the miracles he started in the beginning, he will continue again and again and again and again. And again. Say again. Say it with me. I got it coming again. I got it coming again. Amen. Now, there's power in this that I want to, I want you to absorb this into your spirit. How many know when you gave your life to Christ, there was a miracle that transpired? You were translated the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. There was a significant difference. You knew when you got up off your knees or however you uh, accepted Christ, something had changed. INSIDE. I KNOW PERSONALLY, WHEN I GOT SAVED, BEFORE I GOT SAVED, I USED TO SWEAR LIKE A SAILOR. I MEAN, I swore SO BAD MY WIFE DIDN'T WANT TO TAKE ME AROUND ANYBODY. AND THE DAY THAT I GOT SAVED, ALL THAT LEFT MY HEART. THERE WAS NO LONGER ANY CUSSING COMING OUT. THERE WAS NO LONGER ANY OF THAT FOUL LANGUAGE COMING OUT just an instant miracle, and I know many of you, I know you won't admit it, but you were alcoholics and God healed you. I know that you won't admit it, you were drug addicts and God healed you. And I know some of you won't admit it, you were lust addicts and God delivered you from it. And many of you were liars and God delivered you from it. And you know the power of the gospel. You know what God can do. And God wanted me to tell you today that what he did back then, he'll do again in another form, in another way in your life. You just got to press in. You got to believe and God will do it over and over and over and over again in your life. Wow. Amen. Turn to a few people and say, I like this. Now turn to the neighbor you don't care that much about and say, Do you like this? There's power in this when you begin to embrace it in the way that God wants you to embrace. IN YOUR LIFE I REMEMBER THE STORY OF JESUS ONE TIME HE TOLD HIS DISCIPLES GO TO THE OTHER SIDE OF THE LAKE I'M GOING TO GO UP AND PRAY AND HE WENT TO PRAY AND THEY TRIED TO GO TO THE OTHER SIDE OF THE LAKE A STORM BREW AND INSTEAD OF TAKING TWO OR THREE HOURS TO GET TO THE OTHER SIDE THEY WERE SWEPT OUT IN THE MIDDLE OF THE LAKE THEY HAD BEEN AT IT FOR EIGHT HOURS AND THEY WEREN'T GAINING ANY GROUND AT ALL AND IT WAS PITCH DARK, PITCH BLACK. IN BIBLE the DAYS THEY DIDN'T HAVE STREET LIGHTS. THERE WAS NO LIGHT POLLUTION. WHEN IT GOT NIGHT, THE LIGHTS WERE OUT, AND THEY'RE IN THIS UTTER DARKNESS OUT IN THE MIDDLE OF THE LAKE, AND HERE COMES JESUS WALKING IN THE WATER. OF COURSE THEY THINK IT'S A GHOST BECAUSE SAILORS HAD TRADITIONS THAT IF YOU SAW A GHOST WHILE YOU WERE SAILING, IT MEANS THAT YOU'RE GOING TO DIE. SO THEY SAW JESUS, THEY THOUGHT IT WAS A GHOST, AND PETER SAID, LORD, IF IT IS YOU, COMMAND ME TO COME. And as soon as jesus opened his mouth and he heard the voice of jesus he knew it was jesus and he stepped out of the boat and walked on the water we know that story and then he looked at the storm began to sink but then jesus grabbed him and said why did you doubt ye of little faith you know what he was doing he was telling peter go back to when you first got out of the boat if you could walk on the water once you could walk on the water twice Why are you doubting now? You didn't doubt when you got out of the boat and it took more faith to get out of the boat than it was after you're on the water. So why not go back and believe like you did before? And Peter recognized what he did. He was looking at the storm, focused back on Jesus, started walking back on the water, walked with Jesus onto the boat, got into the boat, the storm stopped and the boat within a a moment went to the other side and it was done. Say amen, everybody. THE POINT IS GOD CAN DO IT AGAIN AND AGAIN AND AGAIN IN YOUR LIFE. YOU GOT TO HOLD FAST YOUR FAITH AND THEN YOU GOT TO PRESS IN. YOU GOT TO HOLD FAST YOUR FAITH AND THEN YOU GOT TO PRESS IN. AND WE LIVE IN A TIME, A LOT OF PEOPLE, THEY DON'T PRESS IN. THEY'RE WAITING FOR THINGS TO CHANGE. I'M WAITING FOR THE VACCINE TO GET OUT. I'M WAITING FOR EVERYTHING TO BE FINE AGAIN. DON'T WAIT. BELIEVE GOD NOW. PRESS IN NOW. PRESS IN NOW FOR HIS BLESSINGS. DON'T WAIT TILL THEN. WAIT. DO IT NOW. NOW GOD CAN DISPLAY HIS POWER. NOW now GOD CAN PROTECT YOU. NOW GOD CAN MOVE IN YOUR LIFE IN A POWERFUL WAY. AMEN? SO DON'T GIVE IN UNDER THE PRESSURE. THINK ABOUT IT FOR A MINUTE. DANIEL NEVER GAVE INTO THE PRESSURE OF NOT PRAYING BECAUSE OF THE STATE. THE STATE SAID, YOU CAN'T PRAY ANYMORE. IF YOU PRAY, IT'S GOT TO BE TO THIS GOD. AND DANIEL OPENED UP HIS WINDOWS AND PRAYED. HE ENDED UP IN THE LION'S DEN, BUT THEY DIDN'T EAT HIM. THE LION'S MOUTH WAS SHUT. HE CAME UP AND GOT A PROMOTION OUT OF THE WHOLE DEAL. AMEN? OR WHAT ABOUT THE THREE YOUNG MEN THAT WERE THROWN IN THE FIERY FURNACE? They didn't give into the pressure. The pressure was, if you don't bow down to this idol, if you don't do what we tell you to do, you're going to be cast into the fiery furnace. We run into that today. Or if you don't do what they tell you to do, you're getting, this is going to cost you this. It's going to cost you that. They, they refused to, go, to bow into the pressure. They just pressed in. And the Bible said that the king got so angry. In the Hebrew, it means his skin or his complexion turned purple. He got so mad. HE SAID HEAT UP THAT FURNACE SEVEN TIMES HOTTER. AND IT SAYS THAT THEY BOUND THE, the THREE HEBREWS WITH THEIR FEET AND THEIR HANDS. AND SO THEY BASICALLY TOOK THEM, uh, WITH two, TWO, PROBABLY TWO SOLDIERS, AND THREW THEM IN ONE AT A TIME INTO IT. EVEN THERE THEY DIDN'T GET BRUISED. EVEN THERE WHEN THEY LANDED IN THE FIERY FURNACE, THEY GOT NO SILT, THEY GOT NO, THEY GOT NO TURT uh, ON THEIR JACKETS OR ANYTHING ELSE. NOTHING BURNED UP. THE ONLY THING THAT BURNED UP WAS THE ROPES. AND THE ONLY THING THAT'S GOING TO BURN UP IN YOUR LIFE IS THE THINGS THAT BIND YOU. WHEN YOU STAND IN GOD'S WORD, THE ONLY THING THAT CAN STOP YOU, COME ON, IS DOUBT AND UNBELIEF. WHEN YOU BELIEVE GOD'S w- WORD, GOD TAKES WHAT IS EVIL AND TURNS IT TO GOOD. JUST LIKE WHEN THEY CRUCIFIED JESUS ON THE CROSS, HE TOOK his, OUR JUDGMENT UPON HIMSELF, AND, 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 and we, IT SHOULD HAVE BEEN US. BUT THE BIBLE SAID THAT IF THE DEVIL WOULD HAVE KNOWN THAT WAS GOING TO HAPPEN, HE NEVER WOULD HAVE CRUCIFIED JESUS ON THE CROSS. GOD IS ABLE TO TAKE THE FIRE. Furnace THAT YOU'RE GOING THROUGH RIGHT NOW IN YOUR LIFE, AND INSTEAD OF HURTING YOU, IT'LL BURN OFF YOUR LIMITATIONS. IT'LL BURN OFF YOUR LACK. IT'LL BURN OFF YOUR INSUFFICIENCY. IT'LL BURN IT OFF IN YOUR LIFE. Amen. HALLELUJAH. AM I THE ONE GETTING HAPPY THIS MORNING? I MEAN, that, THAT'S WHAT IT MEANS TO PRESS IN. WHEN YOU PRESS it and PRESS IN. YOU CAN NEVER PRESS IN UNLESS YOU'RE WILLING TO FACE YOUR FEARS. RUNNING FROM YOUR FEARS, BEING AFRAID OF YOUR FEARS IS NOT GOING TO DO IT. you GOT TO FACE YOUR FEARS, YOUR FEAR OF BEING INTIMIDATED, YOUR FEAR OF WHAT PEOPLE MIGHT SAY TO YOU, YOUR FEAR OF BEING NOT ACCEPTED. you GOT TO FACE YOUR FEARS IF YOU WANT YOUR FAITH TO WORK IN YOUR LIFE. THERE'S TWO SET OF VERSES. 2 TIMOTHY 1-7 SAYS THAT GOD HAS NOT GIVEN US A SPIRIT OF FEAR, BUT OF POWER, LOVE, AND A SOUND MIND. DAVID SAID IN PSALMS 34, 2, HE SAID, GOD WILL DELIVER YOU FROM ALL YOUR FEARS. NOW THAT'S A BOLD STATEMENT, AND I WANT YOU TO WRITE THIS DOWN. FEAR, SATAN NEEDS FEAR LIKE GOD NEEDS FAITH. SATAN CAN'T DO ANYTHING IN YOUR LIFE WITHOUT FEAR. JUST LIKE GOD CAN'T DO ANYTHING IN YOUR LIFE WITHOUT FAITH. GOD MUST HAVE FAITH TO BLESS YOU. SATAN MUST HAVE FEAR TO TORMENT YOU. IF THERE IS NO FEAR, HE HAS NO POWER. IT'S ONLY THROUGH FEAR THAT HE HAS POWER IN YOUR LIFE. THAT'S WHY YOU NEED TO FACE YOUR FEARS. AND MOST OF US, WHEN WE READ THOSE VERSES IN PSALMS 34 ABOUT DAVID, God will deliver you from all your fears. That We don't realize that he actually demonstrated what, what, how it worked. He resisted levels of fear that most of us will never experience because he was a soldier. He was a fighter. He was a warrior. They give you an example. In the Bible, when you see the terms giant used, remember it's not a tall person. A giant was someone who is actually a giant they're not ordinary human beings they're monstrous they tell us from scripture that uh, goliath was nine feet nine inches tall one inch or just a few inches short of being 10 feet tall THINK ABOUT THAT THE NEXT TIME YOU'RE SITTING IN YOUR HOUSE AND YOU LOOK UP TO THE uh, TO THE TOP OF THE ROOF OF YOUR CEILING IN MOST ROOMS ABOUT 10 FEET HIGH THAT'S HOW TALL GOLIATH WAS HE CARRIED ARMOR ON HIM THAT WEIGHED 125 POUNDS HE HAD A SPEARHEAD THAT WEIGHED 1500 POUNDS THOSE YOU GUYS WHO ARE are POWER LIFTERS IMAGINE TAKING A 15 A POUND bar and throwing it how far could you throw it he was throwing a javelin with a spearhead with a head of it that big not to mention the army had on his lot, Not to mention the fact that the bible says that he was very skilled in war he wasn't uncoordinated and you know it, we have people in our society that have a disease it's a it's a disease where The growth hormone goes crazy, it's called uh, uh, goglanthian and 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 it means that the person grows faster than they should, and they get really, really, really big, but they're clumsy, they're uncoordinated because of the disorder. This is not a disorder. These giants were coordinated. They were strong. AND DAVID WENT UP AGAINST THAT. SOMEONE TWICE HIS SIDE. IT IS ESTIMATED the GOLIATH weighed ABOUT 500 POUNDS. IMAGINE A MAN COMING AT YOU WITH THAT KIND OF STRENGTH. BUT DAVID STOOD AGAINST IT. A LOT SMALLER, BUT DAVID WHIPPED HIM. NOT WITH THE AMOUNT OF mess, uh, WEAPONS HE HAD, BUT WITH A SLING. WHY? BECAUSE GOD WAS WITH HIM. HE FACED HIS FEAR. SO WHEN HE SAID, THOUGH I WALK THROUGH THE valley OF DEATH, I shall fear no evil. This guy proved that he could resist every kind of fear that came at him. And because it, David was a mighty man of valor, in fact, he took five stones with him. You know why? Because Goliath had four of their brothers. And David didn't know if he defeated Goliath, he'd have to finish the other four off. And so, here's David, a mighty man of valor. You're a mighty man of valor. You're a mighty man of valor, women. You are, you, are, you are history makers. You have power to change things. You have power to do things that people would be terrified to do. You have the power to break limits that people have not broken in your life. That's what you have because you have Christ inside of you. It makes a significant difference, praise God. But you've got to believe and press in. Jonathan killed a giant, and uh, the Bible tells us that this particular giant that he uh, killed, it, it tells us that he had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot. We don't know exactly how big he was, but there was another giant that Israel was against when they were in the wilderness. is called the king of Og, kind of crazy name. This guy had a bed that was 13 feet long. If this guy was 13 feet long, he probably weighed almost 800 pounds. Israel, so when Israel came into the wilderness and they came out and said, hey, Joshua, listen, we were like grasshoppers in their sight. They were giants in the land. They're not kidding. These are not just base basketball players that are seven feet tall. These are giants. And I know some of you here today, you've got some giants in your life you got some situations in your life that are bigger than you can handle, but I'm telling you by the authority of the Word of God that if you press in and you hold fast to what you believe, those giants will come tumbling down. The bigger you are, the bigger you fall, but giants have big houses, giants have big chairs, giants got big resources, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You just got to press in. You got to press in. You got to press in and hold fast to that faith. AND GOD WILL DO WHAT HE HAS CALLED YOU TO DO IN YOUR LIFE. AMEN. 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 SOMEONE GIVE GOD PRAISE THIS MORNING. IT'S SO POWERFUL. (laughs) I WANTED TO BUILD YOU UP IN THIS BECAUSE I THINK SOMETIMES WE DON'T PRESS IN AND WE THINK WE'RE SPIRITUAL. NOW YOU PRESS IN, YOU HOLD FAST, YOU PRESS IN. YOU DON'T LIVE, YOU DON'T GIVE UP. YOU PRESS IN AND LET GOD MINISTER YOU IN A POWERFUL WAY. I'M GOING TO GIVE YOU A TRUTH THAT WILL REALLY HELP YOU HERE. RIGHT NOW. AND I WANT YOU TO LOOK, IF YOU WOULD, PUT IT UP AT THE SCREEN, ROMANS. I WANT TO SHOW YOU SOMETHING THAT GOD HAS GIVEN YOU, ONE OF THE GREATEST WEAPONS AGAINST FEAR. AND THEREFORE, IT WAS ACCOUNTED TO HIM FOR RIGHTEOUSNESS, THAT'S REFERRING TO ABRAHAM AFTER HE BELIEVED. NOW IT WAS WRITTEN FOR HIS SAKE ALONE, OR NOT FOR HIS SAKE ALONE, THAT IT WAS IMPUTED TO HIM. SO he USES TWO TERMS THAT TALK ABOUT HOW RIGHTEOUSNESS IS GIVEN TO US. ONE IS ACCOUNTED TO US, THE OTHER IT IS IMPUTED. NOW THIS IS REALLY IMPORTANT BECAUSE IN THE GREEK BOTH OF THESE ARE PASSIVE WHICH MEANS IT ISN'T GIVEN TO YOU BECAUSE YOU DID ANYTHING. It was given to you because you believed on Jesus. In other words, God doesn't give you righteousness because you do righteous things. God gave you righteousness because you believed in the righteousness of Christ and what Christ did for you on that cross. Therefore if it was given to you without you doing something to get it, then it's in your life without you doing something. It's in your life when you're doing bad. It's in your life when you're doing good. It's in your life because of what Jesus did in your life. And if you can be strong in righteousness, you'll have the right to be healed. You'll have the right to prosper. You'll have the right to go over the top. You'll have the right to be more than a conqueror. You'll have the right to overcome in your life if you understand your righteousness in Christ. And it kind of works like this. If you took a, a glass and you put a flashlight under the glass with water in it, the light would shine through it. God wants his right source to shine through you. But what would you do if you took some mud and put in that water and mixed it up? You would shine the light underneath, but it wouldn't go through. The righteousness of God has removed the mud, which is guilt, shame, condemnation, fear, out of that water. Jesus Christ has filtered it out, and you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have the right to everything Jesus has. You have the right to the promises. You have the right to go over the top. You got the right for this, you got the right for that because of Jesus in your life. Come on, that's exciting. That drives out the fear in your life that would try to hold you back in a negative way. And I'm gonna give you an illustration here that I think you need to have in your mind. See, I'm a faith guy. I came from Rhema. People with Rhema have one thing that, it, that is indescribable different than many places. They leave that place with a spirit of victory. They leave it with victory. Too many churches don't preach victory. I can't help but teach victory because my Jesus wasn't defeated, he conquered. I know we're living in difficult times. I know we're in end times, but it's a victorious church. He's not coming for a defeated church. He's not coming for a broke church. He's not coming for sick people. He's coming for a healthy, wealthy, prosperous, blessed, over the top people. And that's not to make anybody feel bad if you're sick, because God wants to heal you. But the point is there's victory. That's the part I want you to see. But, you know, when they make movies, they do something very unique. When the movie's pretty much done, they work on the ending. And they don't usually do just one ending. They sometimes film three or four endings because they've learned that if the ending of the movie is not good, all the work you put in the rest will not work. And a Christian has to look at the end result when he's going through the trial or what he's going through he won't succeed at. In other words, if you can't see the end result when you're going through it, you're going to fail. You got to see the end while you're going through the trial. So they put those different ends and they choose one. But they also do something else. After they do uh, all the credits, MANY TIMES THEY'LL HAVE A SMALL SCENE THEY'LL DO AT THE END WHICH MEANS THERE'S GOING TO BE A SEQUEL. THEY PUT IT IN THERE. I WANT YOU NOT ONLY TO SEE THE END IN THE BEGINNING, BUT I ALSO WANT YOU TO SEE THE SEQUEL, THAT YOU'RE GOING TO GO FROM GLORY TO GLORY, FROM VICTORY to victory, not just one battle and it's over and you live off the, the victory. No, you're going to go from, there's going to be a sequel, sequel one, sequel two, six to three. Come on, church. You got to see the end result, but you got to see it to that measure in your life if you want to be blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. Now, do, do you understand where I'm coming from this? And let me give you an example of a story on how this pressing in, is done with somebody who's in faith his name is jonathan it's in the bible and in the story jonathan is the son of king saul how many of you know that daddy won't let you take a risk jonathan knows it but there's a stronghold in the community of their enemies there's 20 men in there and jonathan wants to go fight them Himself with his armor bearer. Now, an armor bearer would not only bring, hold shields and swords and stuff like that. An armor bearer, they're, they're, where their purposes was, is when their master was fighting, they would watch the backside and make sure no one snuck up on him and, and hit him with a sword or stabbed him, whatever. And so they fought too, but as the rear guard. Amen. So the armor bearer, he sa- says, Jonathan says to him, he says. My, if I ask my dad to go, he won't let us go. But are you willing to go? He says, yes, let's do it. So they go there, and this stronghold's on a, on the top of a mountain. And, but yet there's, a, there's a, a valley in the bottom, and, and you can see, see it and whatever. And John says, well, Lord, do you want me to fight on the bottom, or do you want me to fight on the top? He says, what I'll do is I'll test them. If they tell me to come up there, and there's only two of us, we will go up. But if they say, no, we're coming down after you, we will stand here and we'll fight. Well, they said, come up here. We have something for you. So Jonathan gets his armor bear, and it says he climbs up this mountain. But he doesn't just walk up the mountain. It's too steep. It's a cliff. And the Bible said that he gets on all fours to get up there. In other words, he had to climb up the mountain. He had to pull himself up off this cliff, off this ravine, to get up to the top of the mountain with the armor bearer. Sometimes when you're pressing in, you're going to have to pull yourself up. You're going to have to pull yourself out of the depression. You're going to have to pull yourself out of that whining. You're going to have to pull yourself out of giving up. You're going to have to pull yourself out of what people are saying. And just pull yourself up. Praise God. Pull yourself up. And he pulls himself up there, and he kills 20 men. Him and his arm. Imagine in your backyard, 20 men surrounding you and you defeat them all. Supernatural. But what did he do? He pressed in, pulled himself up. He pressed in, pulled himself up. He pressed in pulled himself up because he knew the enemy belonged to him and that God had put the enemy in his hand. And God wanted you to know today that your enemies are in your hand. The things that's trying to rob you is in, in, in your hands. The thing that's trying to wreck your marriage is in your hand. The thing that's trying to stop you from your future is in your hand. God's given you the power to get the breakthrough, power to get over it. But you may have to pull yourself up. You may have to pull yourself AND HIGHER, AND HIGHER, AND HIGHER, AND HIGHER. YOU'RE NEVER HIGH ENOUGH UNTIL YOU'RE DEAD. YOU GOTTA KEEP CLIMBING, YOU GOTTA KEEP CLIMBING, YOU GOTTA KEEP CLIMBING. AND YOU DO THAT, MY FRIEND, I'LL TELL YOU WHAT. THE POWER OF GOD WILL BEGIN TO BE DISPLAYED IN YOUR LIFE IN A SUPERNATURAL AND POWERFUL WAY IN YOUR LIFE. IT HAD WHAT HE CALLED MIGHTY MEN OF VALOR. THESE WERE EXTRAORDINARY MEN. And one of them, which blew my mind, it says killed 800 men in one battle. Can you imagine killing 800 men in one battle? But that's the kind of men that David ran around with. And there was another guy whose name is Elazar. I love Elazar. you know why? Because Israel was in battle one time against their enemies and they were, they were losing ground so they decided to retreat. Everybody starts retreating except Elziar. He grabs his sword and starts fighting and fights so long and so hard That after the Bible or after the fight, his sword was stuck to his hand. He couldn't get the sword off his hand. It was stuck to it. That's what happens when you press in and you take God's word in your heart and you grab hold of it and you hold fast to that confession of faith and you fight 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 and even when it's all over, you can't shut up. No, I can't let it go. I'm still more than a conqueror. Cover. I'm still ready. I'm ready for the next battle. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to declare. Hallelujah, Jesus. Stand up with me, everybody, right now. Come on, I want you to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Begin to praise him right now and thank him. I want you to take one of your hands, put it up there right now. It's going to represent taking taking a hold of your faith, holding fast the confession of your faith. I want you to squeeze that sword. I want you to say this with me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I want you to say with me, my latter days will be better than my former. I want you to say with me, the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. I want you to say with me that a righteous man leaves an inheritance to his children children. I want you to say with me that no evil will but follow me or please come nigh, that 12 8 Come on, church. Say it like you mean it. Give God praise. Whew. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast River app and our website at theriver.church We're the river and we're doing life together.